Forgive You, the show where we formally forgive your favorite's worst films. I'm Alex Fernandez, a writer at Places. I'm Sarah Sorrentino, associate editor at Talk Film Society. How you doing, Sarah? Ugh, I'm doing okay. It's actually not too bad. We don't have to have that whole, like, remember the 15-minute conversation we had last time about how I can't answer that question well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know, and I just keep throwing it at you anyway. Just, I guess, like, exposure therapy, like, maybe this will work out, you know? <laughs> maybe slowly I'll be able to handle... M- maybe one day Sarah will just be able to say, Oh, I'm good, thanks. Oh, I'm good, thanks. How are you? You won't get absolutely, like, existentially destroyed when the grocery uh, checkout lady, like, asks you how you're doing, you know? I have a fantasy football update. Oh, fantasy football update. I lost a game... <laughs> It's been really tough. What? I lost one the un- game. The undefeatable, the invincible Sarah Sorrentino lost the fantasy football game? You know, I didn't even tell you what my team's name is. Because, okay, in fantasy football, you always have, like, kind of a pun team name. Oh. It's Team Scorrentino. <laughs> Thank you for genuinely laughing. I appreciate oh, that. Oh, God. Why didn't you tell me that? Why didn't you tell me that when we met? <laughs> even if you hadn't even started fantasy football all those years ago, you should have said, Hi, I'm Sarah, and uh, one day my fantasy football team's name is going to be Scorantino. Come on. I don't do enough puns with my last name, so I'm really like living it up this year, trying to get some last name puns going. It's a good last name. I, I, well, I lost one game. I lost one game. Like, right after our last episode came out, I lost. Pretty bad. And then I won uh, the next week, and then I... Today, because we've been recording on Sundays, I'm winning my game by 30 points right now. So she's back. Don't worry. Can't keep Scorantino down. Hell yeah. That's a good fence football update. Thank you, Sarah. Uh, and now over to ESPN3, where they just do bowling. Bowling is almost legitimate. I think we could have gotten, like, the spelling bee on ESPN. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, boy. League of Legends on ESPN4, though? Mm. Man, are people still playing League of Legends? Every commercial I see on my computer all the time always is for League of Legends, so I'm assuming they, they still have it and people are playing it. Google has your ad preferences as just League of Legends. I don't wanna. Why do they... Why me? I don't want to be the chosen one. Google's like, look at this fucking nerd. Here's some League of Legends commercials for all two of you guys. Man. I don't watch commercials that often, except for the fact that I have Hulu now, and I've like been watching Bob's Burgers marathons. I actually finished Bob's Burger. Bob's Burger, his single burger, he did. It took him a while, but he finally made it. And then I started it again. I started watching the whole thing from the beginning again. I don't watch many commercials, but now that I have Hulu and I'm in Texas, every commercial is like a Texas commercial. Yeah, like big hats. And uh, it's amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's like a Ford commercial. It's like, Ford is here for you in Texas. Can I just say? <laughs> I'm not going to put this on the episode. <laughs> we'll be removing that. Is it bad that like when I thought about what an ad would be in Texas, I literally just said big hats? No, that was correct. That was actually <laughs> correct. There was a U.S. beef commercial... Oh, wow. Can you imagine advertising beef? How do they advertise beef? It's just beef, Sarah. They're just like, hey, you're not in Texas unless you eat some steak with your neighbors. <laughs> Have some neighbor steak. U.S. beef. Hi, neighbor. Hi. Nice to meet you. Uh, we we're, we're, live right next door to you. Here's a big plate of steaks that I got for you. I've lived here for like a, over a year now, and I've never been offered steak by my neighbor, so I'm obviously doing it wrong. Do you get steak in your neighborhood? Um, no, uh, I get ducks that are constantly shitting all over my front porch area. <laughs> Is that a real... 
Yeah, yeah, it's a fucking nightmare. I, I looked it up online. Apparently there's no way to stop ducks. Nobody knows. Hunt them. Uh, yeah, Sarah, how is that going to pan out in your mind? Duck is delicious, so just, you know, hunt those guys. Just hunt them. Just like right here in my apartment complex with like a big old rifle. That, that's that's your plan? Big old rifle. I will send you a Texas rifle. You send me back some duck. Okay. Yeah, you're just going to mail that one to me? I think that's legal. Yeah, just in a big envelope. <laughs> It's a media package. <laughs> Get the low shipping. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, just it'll work. fucking slap a stamp on there. You're good to go. <laughs> and I'll just be there in my apartment complex, just my dicky shorts and my sandals, just hunting these guys. This conversation is devolving. Let's talk about this movie. Sarah, I do gotta say, before we start talking about this movie, I, I do gotta say, I, I feel like I came off a bit too grumpy on uh, last week's episode. You were pretty grumpy. I, I was, yeah. And to be fair, like, even though that was genuine, uh, and my thoughts about <laughs> Chappie were were definitely accurately represented, like, I don't know, like, I feel like I was just a little bit too grumpy. And I'm kind of just worried that I'm just, I'm grumpy now. You are becoming a grumpy person. I think I'm just I'm trying grumpy. to remember if you were grumpy all through college. I don't, not as much. I remember laughing. <laughs> you remember, I remember one time I laughed. I remember that. That seemed pretty fun. We used to have good times. Then you became grumpy. And then I became a podcaster, so. We're changing this podcast to movie grumps. Movie grumps. I just, I just feel grumpy now. And like, like I'm, I, I'm angry about the ducks. Like I chased them outside. I chased them off the porch. I just, I'm just grumpy. Like, if somebody just a little bit too loud next to me, like, I just, mm, I can just walk away. <laughs> I look at Dennis the Menace now, and I'm just like, you know what? I, I agree. Dennis is a fucking menace. I side with Mr. Wilson, or whatever the fuck that old dumbass's name is. Dennis is a fucking menace, and he should stand trial, is what I'm saying. Quick, Home Alone Kid or Dennis the Menace? I'd take Home Alone because at least he would kill me. <laughs> Home Alone Kid, Macaulay Culkin, or that other kid? Do you remember the other kid who played... Yeah, the mushroom haircut kid? Yeah, the fucking bowl cut piece of shit. Little dumbass with the fucking hair helmet. (laughs) Isn't that the kid who played Dennis the Menace? Is he? Oh man, I can't get into this. We're gonna have to find this out later. Let's not do this. Let's not go this far in. Yeah, alright, this episode's nothing. This is gonna be trimmed down to like 30 seconds. I'll trim it down to 30 seconds. Just take out me trying to do a Ford Texas commercial... And us maybe getting the casting wrong between Dennis the Menace and the kid who took over from Macaulay Culkin in the Home Alone franchise. Right? I think you were harsh on Chappie because you just genuinely hate it. And it was hard for you to, like, be nice to it. But I do appreciate people online uh, sending us Chappie memes and just, uh, you know, telling us that we should watch Chappie again. Let's not. <laughs> and put, making that a part of my life. It's cool. Like, it's just, like, a little fun bit of emotional terrorism that the people on <laughs> Twitter.com have been doing that I really appreciate. Thank you for supporting the idea that we go crazy watching Chappie. Yeah, everybody seemed to love that one. They really care about us. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Chappie memes. Okay, well, at least I, we proved that Chappie memes exist, and that's what was important to me following that episode. Yeah. That was our hypothesis, and it's been supported by evidence. The date is there. <laughs> Chappie memes do exist. Special shouts out to Diego for uh, sending us a picture of uh, fucking Chappies fighting the aliens from Alien. Which, like, fed into this next episode. Yeah, it's a nice little segue, a, a bad image that led to a good segue that is leading to us talking about now. Yes. Which is uh, Alien versus Predator. One alien versus one Predator. One-on-one, just good old fisticuffs. Boys got their boxing gloves on, they're ready to rumble. I have to preface, 
before this film, I had only ever seen, from both the Predator and Alien franchise, I had only seen Prometheus. Oh, God. You know this. I've told, I feel like I've told you. Like, I've never seen Alien. I've never seen Aliens, plural. I've never seen a single Predator. I, I don't know anything about Predator. Uh, so this was very hard to follow, Alex. Fuck. I was like, okay, I know that alien guy. That's another alien guy? He's got a cool mask. Cool. Why are they in a fight? So I feel like I might have just failed you in a real big way by making you watch this one You first. were so grumpy after Chappie that I was just like, whatever he wants to watch, let's do it. And then uh, you gave me this and I was like, wow, the listeners are not going to be excited when I say this movie's bad, but I haven't seen a single Predator alien movie. Well, okay, well, let's just kick it off. How did you feel about this movie? I don't know if I hated it too, too much for what it was. The main chick, or is, her name's uh, Sanaa La- Lathan. Mm-hmm. She's great. I love her. She's such a badass. I, she's And not even like a, let's put a female character in the main role and make her a badass. Like, she was just competent. And that's so important. Alien's my favorite movie, like, of all time. And uh, ever since I was a kid, like... I've really enjoyed Alien and Predator, probably too young to be watching any of them, but I, I saw them and I enjoyed them. Back in 2004 when this came out, I was a kid who enjoyed the Alien and Predator movies, but always found them also a little bit too scary. Like, I saw Aliens and, like, I was absolutely fucking terrified at, like for, like, a week <laughs> of just, like, shadows. Like, I just couldn't do shadows anymore. Like, everything needed to be well lit. <laughs> And so here comes along this movie that's just like a fun monster mash crossover between like two uh, movie creatures that have really cool designs that I like. And uh, and they're just going to fight it out in this PG-13 movie with some cool uh, Lara Croft, Tomb Raider uh, lady just like leading the expedition and a Coca-Cola bottle cap man. At the time of this came out, this was absolutely my jam. I bought this movie on DVD. I I even went to my parents' house to grab it and then was so sad to find out that it was a full screen DVD because of that sad era in history in which you had to pay to get separate copies of full screen and widescreen DVDs because home video is great. You're giving people PTSD right now. Yeah. I gave myself PTSD. Are you kidding? So I liked this movie a lot and I was excited to rewatch it because I thought at, at least to some extent those feelings would still hold i gotta say it's duller than i remember it's pretty dull surprisingly flat for what it is and it's a movie whose premise i enjoy i think it's got a pretty decent premise i know that a lot of people would want uh an alien and predator crossover movie to happen somewhere in space and have like this huge budget but for a movie set on earth i think it's got a pretty neat premise I like the whole pyramid aspect i like the ritual i like the antarctica uh, setting with the whaling station. There's stuff here that I like. I feel like the materials are in place for a good, fun movie. Maybe not like a high-class masterwork like Alien is, but not even like a stupidly thoughtful movie like Prometheus is either, but just like a fun, two big, meaty monsters beating the shit out of each other and ensuing horror for 90 minutes movie. I'm pretty sure I went to Prometheus on a date. Sarah. <laughs> It was one of those movies where, like, the other person just was like, let's go see a movie. And I was like, okay, this seems like the only thing that's out in the theater. I'll go see this. I genuinely think Prometheus was pretty good. Like, I like Prometheus. I think it's because I like, uh, what's her name? Is it Numi Rapace? Yeah. She's great, and I like her in a lot of things. 
even Sherlock Holmes, <laughs> Shadow of Whatever. Shadow of Whatever is the name. Shadow of Whatever. Thanks, Guy Ritchie, for your fun movies. Games of Games of Shadows. A Game of Shadows. Shadows of Games. Shadow the Hedgehog for the PlayStation 2. Close enough. Hey, Guy Ritchie, what the fuck's going on with you, man? Dude, Madonna. Okay, can we do Guy Ritchie next? Madonna. Madonna broke Madonna him. Broke him. We should do a Guy Ritchie movie next. Which one? Should we wait for Aladdin to come out? No, we shouldn't wait for Aladdin to come out. We should do um uh King Arthur or whatever. What did he do? Oh God, yeah, King Arthur, Legend of the Sword or something. Have you seen it yet? No. That's what we're doing next. Okay, back to what I was talking about. I like her. I liked Prometheus. It's hard for me to understand like the lore behind this. I'm under the impression that whatever backstory they decided to give in this movie during that little cutscene was tossed out, correct? What do you mean tossed out? The predator aliens are in no way attached to the alien aliens. <laughs> oh, xenomorphs, correct? Yes. That's not their origin story. No, this is this is a this is an entirely new fabricated thing. And Alien versus Predator like is already like a weird matchup that I don't I'm not really sure how it happened because Alien is like a series of very self-serious uh, movies with like high artistic intentions and lots to say, and the Predator movies aren't necessarily that. They're they're much more like typical like B movies. So it's a matchup that I'm not sure really happened outside of just somebody getting two action figures and smashing them together. But there there have been Alien vs Predator comic books, video games, and tons of other media um, that have sort of like kept this fantasy rolling and. I'm not even sure that this movie really replicates the lore as written in those. But but at, at the same time, I think this is a pretty good way of condensing, uh, letting the audiences believe that, like, predators used aliens to, like, hunt and shit. I don't think it was a bad plot convention. You have to understand I'm going into it not really understanding much, except for xenomorphs sometimes put babies into people. But I didn't know it came from the facehuggers, so that was confusing. Oh, God. Sir. And then also, I didn't understand those, like, little facehugger dudes. I didn't realize how quickly they grew up. So I was like, where did all these other xenomorph dudes go come from? So that's one of the biggest, like, uh, problems in terms of, like, the disputed and known canon of Alien in regards to this movie. One of the big things that people dislike coming out of this, and there's multiple things, of course, but is the fact that the alien life cycle does not go by that quickly. Like, oh. everything that happens with regarding the aliens okay. in this movie happens really quickly. In the first alien movie, after the facehugger attacks one of the crew members of the Nostromo, it takes, like, a practically, like, a day, if not more, for the chestburster to come out. And then it takes even longer for it to go ahead and grow into a fully adult xenomorph. And that's why she's able to, like, take it out on her own in uh, Prometheus. Oh, man, this is such a bummer because I was going to say one of the things that does kind of hold up in regards to this movie is all the buildup. I think it does a good job of setting things up and uh, keeping the tension rolling while also developing its characters. I was exhausted. I was just like, yeah, I know all these people are going to die. Like, just kill them off. And this is a problem with me for a lot of these kinds of movies and shows when it's like a large group of people and you just know they're going to start getting killed off one by one. I'm not interested in that in films. 
kind of ruins a lot of horror type movies for me too because I'm just not interested. Mm-hmm. I will say this movie does more than it probably needs to in terms of setting up its characters and developing them. And it, and it did give me enough reason to believe that like at least one more person was going to survive this movie than they actually did. That's true. That's true. I will say like I do like a lot of the setup. I like uh, some of like the cool shots that are in the beginning. I like the set of the whaling station quite a bit. And even some of the things regarding like the canon of the franchise, like I'm pretty much okay just disregarding like the whole alien life cycle thing or the presence of Charles Wayland in this movie kind of like makes things a little bit weird. There's another thing where I'm like, oh wow, they keep on saying Wayland. He must be that one old guy that is in all of these alien movies who funds like all the yes. shit, right? But I don't actually know that. I have to like connect things together. Yeah. What year is it? In this movie? Yeah. 2004. What year is it in Alien? Super later. So... Super fucking later. I don't even... Again, like, it doesn't really make sense. (laughs) So, like, is this supposed to be, like... Yeah, it's supposed to be, like, the first encounter. Yes. Well, this takes place after the Predator movies, but before the Alien. And have you seen the Predator movies? Yes. So what's what's that about? (laughs) Big dude goes hunting... For people. For people, and he gets a bunch of them. Yeah. And then one of them gets... Nice. So, like, technically, if we're getting into the canon, humanity should know about this guy. To some capacity, maybe, although uh, I, I think it's pretty much known that, like, they, the government has covered this shit up uh. on multiple occasions. So it's 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 fair to say that Waylon wouldn't necessarily know about the Predator because, it, like, he just owns a big fucking company. Yeah. He's not, like, a government person or anybody with, like, that kind of power. This is, like, Terminator convoluted, and I, I, I don't know if I can... <laughs> I don't think I can emotionally handle how convoluted these, these uh, universes are. Just, 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 just hold on, sir. It's okay. We're, we're not watching Terminator Genesis. Uh, please yet. don't make me watch Terminator Genesis. Oh, sir, but I, I wanna, want to. I want to see. Wanna. Oh, come on. Even that, like, I think I've seen the first Terminator, and I watched some of the TV show. All right, well, that's just weird, Sarah. <laughs> that's just bizarre. Did you just watch it because it had your name in it? No, there was just a like a prime time in my life where like. Well, I had basic cable, and I watched, like, every show on basic cable that was popular. Like, they made the Million Dollar Woman. <laughs> Is Paul W.S. Anderson, like, the evil twin of PTA? A lot of people have speculated that, and uh, I think I think the verdict's still up in the air. Nobody knows for sure uh, where W.S. came from, where he materialized, um, and why he's doing what he does. Really loved rooms that moved around a lot, and then people died in them. Because let me tell you, I've seen probably too many Paul W.S. Anderson movies, and literally every single one of them, there's some motherfucker crawling through some kind of air duct or air vent situation, and then, yeah. like, the floor, like, moves underneath him, and then he falls and hurts himself. It happens in every fucking movie of his. So that's, like, his, uh, opening the trunk, <laughs> Quentin Tarantino signature scene. Is this even his worst film? Like... We're not going into this to forgive him, right? I think we're going into this to, like, forgive Fox for deciding that this was how they would approach this crossover mm-hmm. event. And I and I think, honestly, like, one of the movie's biggest failings is the fact that it's a PG-13 film, even though it served the particularly niche audience of that one Hispanic boy who was a little bit too afraid of all the blood and guts from the other movies and wanted to see this, the two toys bashed together. It failed its audiences at large to like make up 
horror crossover PG-13 and make it absolutely devoid of blood and gore and all the satisfying things that are so iconic in their subsequent series. But this is the early 2000s. I mean, nothing was rated R. Everything was PG-13. Yeah, but you gotta know better. We didn't have the rated R renaissance until recently. But for horror, we did. Horror was definitely still a genre that lied in the domain of rated R. But they wanted this to be like, honestly, while watching it, all I thought of was fucking Batman and Robin. Yeah. And Six Flags rides. They just wanted this to be like, you know, a Six Flags ride. (laughs) Like... Like, something you could uh, get on your 7-Eleven cup, Mm -hmm. your Polar Pop. Yeah, it wanted to make these fun and marketable monsters that people would love to, like, have, like, on on the back of their car or some shit, like, decal. It's a weird angle. It's a weird angle. Like, I feel like Fox was definitely trying to make this more marketable to a broader audience. I just don't see why. I don't know why they would just take these two iconic creatures and not put them in an environment that they're known for. Why wouldn't you make this movie rated R? And while, like, I do believe, like, their more marketable stint led to a more toyetic film along the lines of Batman and Robin, Mm -hmm. and I think that does, in a sense, respect, like, the, the backstory of these two creatures as just, like, two of horror's most marketed and fucking toy manufactured like characters like for whatever reason alien and predator just inspired a shit ton of toy line and comics and like just lying in the domain of something that was much younger than its target demographic and i think this is probably like the closest that we'll ever get to like actually like paying tribute to that weird corner of alien and predator history that is freaking like failed kenner toys and wacky fucking comic books where like people hang out with the Predator and make friends with him and just fight together. (laughs) And and as a kid who, like, went to the local skate rink just to go play the Alien vs. Predator arcade machine, where uh, you would fight uh, alongside the Predator and go ahead and destroy a bunch of, like, weird red-purple aliens, there's a little bit of fun in seeing this. I just want to ask the question, which is, why did we watch Alien vs. Predator instead of Alien vs. Predator Requiem? Requiem. I can't say words, Alex. Well, Alien vs. Predator Requiem isn't even a movie. It is... <laughs> I, I'm not convinced that it even happened. I think this is uh, some weird home movie that somebody did. I think it was a fun fan film that accidentally made its way to theaters. Nobody lit the movie. I think I think somebody just like got a couple of costumes together. Um, it was directed by two guys who did some special effects for 300 ones. Like, I don't even know how it happened. I don't know how it's a film. They also uh, directed Nickelback. Nickelback, How You Remind Me music video. Also, uh, Usher, (laughs) Love in the Club. They directed Love in the Club after this movie. After, wow. So, you know. So Usher saw Alien vs. Predator Requiem and he was like, I gotta get these guys. I gotta get these guys in here. But I will say, I I, I do think that this movie, out of all of... uh, the Alien and Predator movies, like, has a place here on our show, just because it it exists in a space quite away from any other Alien or Predator movies. It had the potential to be a big event film, and for whatever reason, Fox did not treat it as such. Fox always mistreats everything. They're just... I, I generally do not like Fox. I have a bad history with them. they just done a lot of cool things, loved the X-Men movies, the Fantastic Fours, they're all great. <laughs> 
great. They're great. They're wonderful. I love we get like three alien prequels like every 12 years, which is cool. Love that. The Predator <laughs> movies, uh, you know, just like do whatever with them. Just scramble them up in the pan. Who cares? Edit them however. Who cares? Nobody bothers. They just do a lot of fun stuff over there at Fox. This movie, though, I'm going to be honest, like, the first half hour was pretty slow, but I still didn't think it was a bad movie. Like, I I thought it was pretty okay for, like, I mean, even you mentioned that we like the location, the pyramid under the ice in Antarctica was kind of fucking cool to me. And then, then the action started. The action's really not great looking. It doesn't really hold up. Really? What what about it? Don't you like? I want I want to know your thoughts about it because uh... there's some sort of visual effect going on, especially when they're fighting each other. Uh, it's like a vi- music video. <laughs> like, something about the lighting and then like it's almost like snapshots of action like they couldn't actually do the choreography you know what i'll say it looks like to me to me it's like somebody did a wwe match with the alien that's and what it looks like yes and there is a charm yeah. to that that i kind of love i love that i love that you have like two movie monsters that have some of the most like diverse like abilities and skills and the only thing you can think to have them do to one another is just grab one another and just push one another <laughs> on the ground. Yeah, I mean, I, it might be because it's early 2000s and they're like, wrestling's big, let's have them wrestle. I do gotta say, though, as much as like <laughs> it fails the action, I do love the way that these creatures look in this movie. Oh yeah, they look fine. I love the, the actual physical xenomorphs and the predator outfits. They're really big in this movie, aren't they? I know you haven't seen any of them, but but those predators are thick in this one. Especially Mama Xenomorph. Thick. Those are thick boys. Or did you just say thick? These are thick boys. No. Okay. That's the. I guess that's the title of the episode. <laughs> Alien versus Predator. These are thick boys. <laughs> also, there's a scene that made me very uncomfortable, and this is. This takes a lot because I do, like I generally just mm. don't watch movies if I feel like I'm gonna have a hard time watching stuff. I'm trying to get over that though. There's one scene where Mama Xenomorph was spouting out some eggs. First egg comes out. I'm like, oh, that's kind of interesting. She's she's pooping out some eggs. Cool. Second one comes out. The squishing sound. I was like, eh. <laughs> third one comes out. I'm like, oh no, it's still happening. How long is this scene? I cannot watch that goopy stuff go over the egg anymore. I was, like, eating some leftover Chinese food this morning trying to watch this movie. I'm like, okay, thanks. Thanks, Alien vs. Predator. Absolutely nothing else made me, like, visibly upset. I could watch every scene. That was just too much for me. That was a bad... I just know not to eat food during the month of... Because I know that nothing I'm watching in October is conducive to the eaterians. I need, like, a trigger warning for, like, the birthing of Xenomorph next time, okay? Just be like, hey, Sarah... For every movie that we do. There's going to be some goop over baby aliens. Sorry I didn't warn you before. I should have let you know that about that five-minute scene in Batman where Robin just lays goopy five hours. Like, it takes a lot for me to be like, oh, God, why I needed to, like, maybe forward through this part. It was a longer scene than it needed to be, okay, Mr. Paul Anderson? <laughs> Man, this movie. This movie tries more than it needs to, but by the same time fails to deliver. It's such a, It's in such a weird place. It's more of a well-made movie that I think people give it credit for, but it but it also fails to satisfy its most basic premise. And I like a lot of it. You know what? I forgive Fox. They got bought out, so... Whoever wins, Fox loses? 
<laughs> that, that could be the episode title, actually, instead. <laughs> there we go. Either way, I don't think this is ever going to happen again. <laughs> it's a bummer. This was a crazy time in our history where people thought that these kinds of movies were going to be massive hits, though there was a sequel. Yeah, and it was uh, absolute dog shit. It was made by, with $5 <laughs> on an iPod Nano camera. <laughs> And it starred three people um, who who like just needed uh, a cup of coffee that day and needed some money. Did you see that in theaters? Yeah. Oh no! And I never saw it again. I think it's oh. the only one of these movies that I haven't seen again. You win some, you lose some. I've known you for so like going on five years. I'd mm-hmm. say you love Alien, and I've never watched it. Do you think you failed as a friend? You can lead a horse to water. I'm a horse in this analogy. You could lead Sarah Sorrentino <laughs> to a place of water when she is thirsty, but I'm not going to make Sarah Sorrentino drink. That's really nicest thing you've ever said. <laughs> I respect you enough as a friend <laughs> to not force you to watch the Alien films, even though... I've had so many chances to, Alex, and you know I have. I think I even told you I had the chance to see it in 35mm. I know you did, because I was the one that saw it. I didn't go. You did I didn't go. <sighs> I'm so sorry. I'm sorry I'm like this, everyone. I, I don't deserve you. Next episode is going uh, to be... What, what's the next episode again? De- Dennis the Menace. Prince of Persia. Goes to jail. Everybody, we are now on Spotify. Fuck yeah. Thanks to me. I want, I want everyone to know that I did that. Talk Film Society Podcast Network, now on Spotify. Shouts out to Sarah. Everybody, please tweet at Sarah saying, Hey, thank you, Sarah, for the Spotify hookup. <laughs> Those words exactly. Please tweet them at her. Um, let's try to get this movement going. I want praise. She deserves it because she did it when nobody else would. Nobody else could. A a hero (laughs) of our time. Uh, Other than that, that's it for this episode. I think, I think Fox is off the hook because now they don't exist as a company, basically. Do you want to watch the new Fantastic Four? No. (laughs) All right. Next week on We Forgive You, Fantastic Four. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Internal pressure is five 